Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. We had a plastic bag ban, a partial one. It didn't work out. And so we replaced it with a seven cent tax and that is working. And some of that money goes to the restaurant and some goes to the city. Why not approach this problem the same way by putting a tax on these containers and having the restaurants get some of it and the city get some of it. Hi, everybody. I'm Fran Spielman, and with me is the finance chairman of the city council, Alderman Scott Wagesback. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me, Fran. You know, when I think of you, I think of The Graduate, and remember (laughs) that line in the movie, uh, I just want to talk to you, Benjamin, plastics. Well, you are into plastics pollution. You introduced an ordinance that would be revolutionary in Chicago. Restaurants would not be able to use these foam containers, polystyrene, I guess, styrofoam or whatever you call it. And they would have to uh, provide the plastic utensils only upon requests, including the silverware and straws. Why did you do that? You talked about taking your kayak out on the river. Well, um, you know, just on the way here, I grabbed a cup of coffee and uh, I stopped over to get some, uh, you know, just uh, napkins and stuff. And they actually had silverware that that's reusable. They don't use steers. They don't use plastics. And I've seen this in a lot of coffee shops around Chicago. And so coffee shops have been leading the way for many years. Um, I've talked to some of the coffee shop owners and they just say, you know, it's wasteful. Uh, it's polluting the environment. So we're trying to cut back on it. But I go back, um, to the press release or press event that we had. And I, I did mention, going down the Chicago River, going down other rivers or lakes, and over the years have seen more and more plastics, um, whether it's bottles, styrofoam pieces, uh, you know, the small type that breaks up or the things that you get from McDonald's, uh, all just coagulating in, in eddies of the rivers. And a lot of people have been, you know, great volunteers going out and cleaning that stuff up, but we spend a lot of money, we spend a lot of time and effort trying to clean those things up, but it's simply pollution that we can do without. And so uh, for years, we've been talking about this, looking at ways to try to move an ordinance like this forward. And we felt now was the time to do it. Why now? And why the tight time frame of January, January 1st, well, 2021, this would kick in. Yeah, I, there's a, I think there's a lot of factors here. So if you look at a lot of the other countries that have moved forward on removing these small plastics. Uh, You can look in Asia, you can look at the 28 states in the European Union who just moved to uh, remove all these plastics. Canada, 
So the United States is really behind the eight ball. And obviously we have a climate denier in the White House who, uh, you know, when I look at this now and you look at what happened, what they did yesterday with the EPA, they decided to roll back all the protections for our streams and our waterways, our wetlands. And I think now when I look at this, uh, it's more important than ever because we have a president in the White House who's saying, the federal government's not going to come to your aid. We could care less about our streams and rivers, um, about the pollution that will now be allowed to, to go back into our water sources, you know, prior to, um, uh, it was about the time I was born, but the clean water act in 72. And I just look at this and think, you know, how can we be sitting there? We can't rely on the federal government to do this. We have to rely on people at home to say that we value our drinking water more than ever. And, as, as I pointed out in that event, this, all these small plastics break down and they get into our drinking water that our, you and I and our children drink, our grandchildren, and it gets into our fish um, and we're eating that fish. And all these are our potential cancer-causing agents. So the reason we're doing it now is we've been working with the Shedd Aquarium uh, the experts over there, the the scientists that are housed at the shed, at the Field Museum, Chicago Recycling Coalition, all these people who have been doing this work for decades, kind of built up to this moment. Uh, Illinois Environmental Council, Sierra, uh, the Great Lakes Alliance, all these people have been working toward this moment. So it was really just a collaborative effort. And it's the city council, so they had to find... Um, you know, somebody to work with. And that, that I was me basically saying, I want to do this and I've wanted to do it for a long time. Are you flexible on the time frame? Uh, Cause the restaurants are saying, this is too big a burden. Yeah. We have been hit with a ton of mandates, whether it's the paid sick leave, whether it's the, uh, the fair work week, whether it's the minimum wage, whether it's the plastic bag tax, whether it's the property taxes and the threat of more, you really have hammered these people. The restaurant tax, too, recently in the mayor's budget. Right. So she, yeah. what do you, I mean, are you flexible on the time frame to, to ease the burden on these folks? No, I'm not, I'm not, I don't think we're going to be too flexible on the time frame. And I think what we're trying to do, the way it's set up, there's a lot of uh, carve outs and waivers that, you know, we're, we're thinking about the restaurants, we're thinking about these businesses. But I don't think we can, we don't have time to be flexible anymore. We've been working on these issues for a long time. I understand there are, you know, the issues of the minimum wage, the fair work week, but this is a, an issue that their consumers want to see changed as well. If you go to places, um, you know, like uh, Let Us Entertain You restaurants, They've already started moving in this direction and they're one of the started, great, but they haven't done it completely. Right. And I talked to, uh, you know, one of their executives and, um, we had a good conversation about this. So they are thinking about it. They are moving in that direction. And, uh, I think a year from now they could be well on that path to doing it the right way. But you've also got McDonald's, you've got some of the other companies moving away from some of the small plastics and setting the standard. Um, at the same time, you know, we're looking at the, the value, I, you know, and the lobbyists have all come running and, oh, you're going to hurt jobs. Uh, but really not. I mean, there's a lot of companies out there right now that have already done the R&D. There are entrepreneurs out there that are creating the products that will transform this industry. 
so we can move away from the small plastics and into things that uh, are biodegradable. Like what? What? what um, what's your, if if they're going to get rid of polystyrene, what do they replace it with? Well, there's uh, there's cardboard or paper type products that are already out there on the market. Um, more expensive. Know, they're more expensive. Uh, How much more? I think in some cases you're talking a few cents. Um, okay, that um, adds up. It does. To change, I can just hear it. But you also uh, you're basically talking about spending less money on uh, products that you have to use more of. So I think, again, the consumers of these products, the customers that go into these places, you look at the coffee shop over here, and nobody was standing there grabbing the plastic steers or plastic um, you know, straws or plastic uh, spoons. They look at it and they say, I'm into, I'm a new generation, or we have learned how to move away from these plastics. So I think they're going to see less reliance on people uh, calling for plastics when they show up at a restaurant. Not every restaurant, but I think you see it now in a lot of other ones. And when I look overseas, in Asia, in Europe, those consumers have already started that shift. And you're not seeing the impact that I think a lot of the lobbyists here are claiming uh, is going to be there. So the cost is a couple of cents more for each. Yeah, that's on. That's if you're packaging something for takeout. Yeah, which yeah. is a lot. I, I mean, that's to, the growth in the in the restaurant industry. That's you know the delivery, and that's where all the the grocery stores too are going. You know. Yeah, the delivery. You know, the delivery is interesting too because you do have a bunch of companies like uh, you know Uber Eats, Caviar, Postmates. They're undercutting the restaurants in in other ways that are being more impactful than any environmental issue. Um, and that's something else we're going to be talking about, I think, in the months to come. What do you mean? What are you going to do there? Well, I, I'm talking to restaurants who feel that, you know, in terms of delivery issues, in terms of uh, these companies undercutting um, the way that they're operating, you know, basically saying um, we're pushing more delivery and we're not following a set of rules that the restaurants have to follow. Um, there are restaurants who are concerned about that. but that's, So what would the city council do about that to help them? Well, I think we just have to have a conversation to make sure everybody's following the same rules that the restaurants have to. What um, rules are the delivery people not following? Well, I think uh, my understanding is some of them aren't registered companies. Um, some of them are uh, using old menus and uh, things that some restaurants don't even sell anymore, and it's the restaurants that bear the burden of, of a negative uh, review or a negative report from their consumers. They don't realize it's, the, it's some of these other companies that are distorting their, um, what they provide. But I, I think the, you know, and I have a lot of restaurants in my area. I've definitely got a, a ton of people that are very active. I would try to work with them on these different issues. Um, and going back to the styrofoam and the plastics, uh, we, we do see a lot of them that are moving in that direction proactively and trying to be environmentally friendly because they know their consumers are. If you go into these restaurants and you look at who's, who's eating there, you know, you're talking about families, you're talking about children who are already saying, I don't need this plastic, I don't need this straw. And you have a lot of restaurants that are saying, um, things like straw by request only or plastic spoon by request only. I, th I think what it helps restaurants do too is it 
it actually helps drop their bottom line in terms of what they have to buy on some of these plastics because people are, um, you know, my kids show up with their chopsticks when we go out to eat, we bring our own. And, um, when I was just in Malaysia, uh, in Southeast Asia, there's a lot of restaurants there who are actually charging you or you have to ask for chopsticks by request or other utensils by request. So they're not just giving things out freely anymore. They look at it and say, this is, this is a cost to us. And they're actually saving money by uh, reducing the automatic human reliance on a straw, a plastic spoon, a plastic steerer. So the, the flexibility would exist in the waiver system, not in the timetable. You're not flexible on the timetable. Yeah, I think, I really don't think we have time. And I, I know there's a lot of, you know, folks out, even in Chicago, who are climate deniers. I mean, I got a lot of emails that said, this is just pie in the sky stuff. And you guys think the whole world's falling apart. But, um, you know, when you look at the generation of people that are coming up, they don't have time and they don't want to wait. And they think uh, the people that we worked with on this, I think one of the most important groups was uh, Bruce Ray School. And a lot of our elementary schools are saying they want to get involved as well because they're the, these children see the need for changes in, our, in how we treat the environment and how we treat ourselves. So how would a restaurant get a waiver? Would they have to show some progress? Because um, you're admitting that Let Us Entertain You has begun that process. They're not there yet. If they can come to you in January of next year and say, look, we're almost there, but we're not quite there, would you give them a waiver? Well, I think it's more, so polystyrene, Styrofoam, we're not gonna, we're not gonna back away from that. I think that just you're not gonna to, give them a waiver. Well, I who think we, if you would get a waiver. I think if you're looking at, um, and let me look through here uh, exactly where. So, we have the commissioner um, of the department is authorized to promulgate rules and regulations. This is going to go through the health department because they're already doing some of the work with the restaurants. I don't think it's going to add too much of a burden there. Um, Technology allows us to just walk in with the equipment that we have and really uh, kind of, you know, look at these things and have oversight over it. Um, It just says waivers shall be granted for a period of up to one year if the department determines that no suitable and affordable alternative disposable foodware is available for that establishment. I don't think we're going to have to worry about that too much because... What I've seen out there is the alternatives do exist. But they're more right, expensive. They, they, in some cases, they're more expensive. In some cases, they're not. If and you, you look and at, where are they supposed to get that money? Um, in, a, in a business that has a very razor-thin profit margin yeah. to begin with. Well, it's interesting. You know, I was talking to Alderman Tunney about this, and I was at his restaurant. And Sather's. Right. And he showed me the type of product that he does for uh delivery. And, you know, I think when I, when I look at delivery, I look at most of the food is put into one container, uh, one thing that's not broke. It, you know, it's split up if you have rice or if you have a hamburger, it's, it's, you know, separated. And the tray that he showed me was a, a large plastic tray that had, uh, cups built into it. And he said, this type of tray is more expensive, but it's the one I like to use because it keeps all my different types of food separated for the type type of restaurant he runs. But for the most part, you see businesses that they're going from a, what is essentially a single cup or single bowl type tray of polystyrene 
which ends up going straight into our water, straight into our landfills and shifting to a cardboard with a, maybe a wax base on it or something. The, the, mar- the margin between the higher end type of plastic, that's bigger. And I think he said, uh, I, I, I thought he said it was like 40 cents each, maybe a little bit more. But when you look at some of the other ones that other businesses have shown me, it's a couple cents on um, the cardboard with the wax covering. It's just a couple more cents than the polystyrene. Easy for you to say, but if you if you have a lot of these, it adds up. Where are they That's supposed true. to get this money? Well, I think you just have to... Why not again, give them the ability to tax for it and to... Well, I think if they if they wanted to, um, I don't think there's anything stopping them from saying we're going to charge you a couple extra cents for, uh, you know, if you don't finish and you want to you want a tray or a, a, a disposable tray, there's nothing stopping them from charging an extra five cents or 10 cents. And honestly, I think people, if they are concerned about the environment, which again, most people are. They're going to look and say, yeah, you know what? I'll pay the extra five or 10 cents for that tray or whatever the cost is. Look at how the plastic bag ban. I was just going to say, we had a plastic bag ban, a partial one. Yeah. It didn't work out. And so we replaced it with a seven cent tax. And that is working. And some of that money goes to the restaurant and some goes to the city. Why not approach this problem the same way? By putting a tax on these containers and having the restaurants get some of it and the city get some of it. Well, again, I think if a if a restaurant wanted to do that, they could charge a customer for it. I, I think there's actually a lot of restaurants out there who do, and they just say, you know, I'm putting the extra few cents on whatever else you want from us that's extraneous to your regular meal. So we want to leave that option open to them. Um, I mean, if they want to do it, that's that's fine by me. And I don't think... You don't think the city should go to a tax on the containers that you're trying to discourage by way of discouraging them by forcing people to pay more like the plastic bags? I I think this I think the way this one is set up, um, we're going to see we're going to see people moving in that direction anyway. And look, the the other issue here is the the cost of replacing these other items is going to go down as you move to more biodegradable or environmentally friendly uh, types of products. When you look at other countries and some other cities in the U.S. who are doing this kind of stuff, uh, Seattle, Portland, other places in California, Ca- California is moving to something similar that we're doing here. And you'll see, I think you'll see a slew of other cities do it. But the um, the products that are out there, uh, the reusable bamboo type products, the biodegradable, I'll, I'll say straws, for instance, I've seen these, they're made of soy, they're made of sugar-based products. Um, you don't eat them. No, they dissolve. Um, or, you know, you don't... You Sounds know, they, like something you could eat. Yeah. And uh, I was in, you know, when I was in uh, Asia, uh, one of the big things there is bubble tea. Um, some people out there might know what bubble tea is. I but don't. it's got these, it's got these gummies. Kids love this stuff. But um, it's basically tea with dozens of flavors. And they have these large straws. And what entrepreneurs out there did was say, look, we're, we're moving away from plastic straws. So we're going to use these biodegradable sugar-based ones or soy-based ones, which then the flavor ends up tasting just like the tea that you're drinking. And we've had, we've seen cups where um, they just said, well, we'll just redesign the cup so that you can have a reusable cup. 
and it reduces the restaurant's reliance on a lot of these other plastics, um, whether it's the whole cup, the cover, or the straw itself. So we're already seeing research and development. I talked to some other companies. I mean, you should have seen the calls that I got from people saying, I work for a company that already does this stuff, and we're pushing our product out there if you'd like to take a look at it. I had a guy that came in and said um, he makes his out of milk base, uh, like a, a milk base. And I was kind of going, oh, that one sounds interesting. But um, the research and development is already out there. And as you shift away from old products and shift into new ones, just like we did with cars. I mean, our cars aren't really made of all steel anymore. You know, that became wasteful. We use, uh, now we're even using some recyclable products in, in a lot of cars and vehicles. Cars are made out of different products that are uh, less costly to the environment. So every industry does that. I think what we're doing here is, again, I think creating an environment for good research and development, good new entrepreneurs to come out with something. And will the cost be a little bit more for people at the front end? I think so. But when you look at, the way some companies market themselves. And again, you know, let us entertain you. I think uh, moving in that direction before a lot of the other industry is, I would guess that people, the consumers who are concerned about this and Chicago is, I think, at the forefront of these issues. We've been fighting for environmental issues um, long before some other, you know, cities. So you're saying <clears throat> the consumers are willing to pay more. Just sure. tack on a couple cents more. Sure. And if you look at, um, go back to the plastic bag ban, you know, people, it was kind of like, look, uh, you know, I want those plastic bags. But as soon as we passed that ordinance, it was a little shaky at first. But when I go to the stores now, look at all the people bringing recyclable To bags. avoid the tax. Well, to avoid the tax, but also because it was environmentally friendly. And they realize now we don't have plastic bags hanging in every tree or blocking the gutters as much um, as we did before. And I think the, re the the stores have figured out, hey, we can sell recyclable bags and we don't have to spend as much money on plastic bags. But you're allowing people to bring their own silverware and plates into a restaurant. That's fraught with difficulty. What if I don't wash my plate? I get sick in the restaurant. I blame the restaurant. Well, uh, no, I think it's more, um, I think it's more like utensils that, you see a lot of people bringing in and okay utensils i, I, I could think, forget to wash those too or yeah, not wash them well i don't know if i would go too far down that path i think there's a way isn't that, there a danger there no who's I don't think to so. blame when someone gets ill some no. kind of food illness i think the health department knows where um if when the health department goes into a restaurant they look at what your equipment is they look at how you're operating um, and as long as your kitchen and your outside area meets the code, then, then you're fine. I don't, I think it would be hard for people to try to, uh, you know, file complaints. Um, they do a good job investigating complaints and I, I just don't see us. And I haven't really heard looking at all these other cities and countries that do it. I, I haven't heard that the complaint issue of, um, health inspections has increased. Now, the this would also apply <clears throat> to grocery stores, right? Well, because, I mean if, because that's their big area of growth. The salad bars, the takeout food, the take-home ready-to-serve meals. Yeah. Those plastic containers would also be banned? 
Well, if you look at um, under Whole, this ordinance, Whole Foods, Fresh Time, uh, all the grocery chains, Jewel, all of them. Yeah, if you're a restaurant. If you're, if you're operating a restaurant. Well, they're not operating a restaurant. They're operating a grocery um, store actually, that has a, a to-go meal that I grab in a plastic container. Would that be covered here? Um, I think it, it would be. Um, but I you're think not if sure? they get inspected as, they get inspected the same way as a restaurant when you have open food and when you're, when you have not a Not open. It's, it, it's in a container <clears throat> in the refrigerator case sealed. Um, you, would that be covered because it is a plastic container? Yeah, I think it, it would or it should be. And Are you going to add that if not? Um, I think we're going to, we could look at that and make sure that this ordinance either does or doesn't. But um, as far as I knew, anything that had a container like that, like a, a store, and remember, they're, they're operating the same way as a restaurant because they're pack, it's being packaged uh Typically in the back, if you go to Mariano's, if you go to Jewel. It's already packaged and it's sitting there in the refrigerator case to grab. Yeah, but they are, uh, what they're essentially doing is operating a kitchen as well. Right. um, Unless it comes from offsite. So. So you're going to cover that. I don't think, um, I don't think if it came from offsite that it would be covered here, but if they were operating it like a restaurant type thing, it would be. But it should be covered anyway, right? Um. That's the same thing I think as the, the restaurant. Yeah, so the, the issue is going to be if, if they're bringing things from off-site, you know, we'll have to take a look at that. But I think if they're operating it right there, yes, it would apply. Well, they made it in the back. They put it out in that a refrigerator be, case. It would it's apply. It's covered. Okay. Yeah. Now, plastic water bottles are mm. a huge source of the pollution. Oh, you yeah. see people every day, all the time, all day long. With, with water a, bottles, why would you not cover those if you're so concerned about the pollution? Well, that's, uh, that's going to be part of a different approach. Um, I you're think, planning to go after them too, right? Well, they already have a tax. Uh, I think a the different approach. water I mean, bottle. Yeah, because remember they, that was tacked on in Chicago. Remember the, the budget, I think it was six years, eight years ago. But it um, hasn't diminished anything. Yeah, but that's where I I think people actually have used a lot less uh, plastic bottles. I don't see it. You see them, you do see them in the rivers, you do see them along the lake. But I think uh, a lot of the newer generation has shifted away from that. I I see more recyclable bottles being used than ever before. Are you planning to go after that form of plastic? Not in in this ordinance. Not in this ordinance. There are people who want to move forward with that. And do you favor some kind of attack on that? um, not, Not in this right now. I think we're trying to figure out with other there's some other aldermen who would like to i think immediately but um what would they like to do and what what should be done well there were some there were some people who wanted plastic water bottles in this and we said we weren't ready to go at that but i think why not there has to be well it's a it's a different industry the way they're approaching it um you don't see the same issue in the restaurants the small plastics uh, I think we're going to have to look more broadly at how that industry operates. But there's going to be, you know, you look at um, Bridget Degnan from the county is looking at some of those issues. She's looking at a more comprehensive ordinance uh, from the county level like ours. Um, I'm not sure they're going to include plastic water bottles, 
But that's something I think that at the state level too, we should be looking at that. Some of our state legislators should be considering how we're going to approach some of these environmental issues as well. But at the, at the city level, we're not doing that right now. But I, I think, you know, you make a good point. It environmentally, I mean, anybody can Google it or look it up. Any news source is talking, they're all talking about the amount of water bottles that are floating in the ocean, islands full of water bottles. And you look at the new generation of kids out there that are tackling this issue. So I think there will be legislation pretty soon that that goes after that, but it's not going to be in this ordinance. But, um, but in we did the city talk to council, the will we see a plastic bottle, something water uh, bottle thing? Not, probably not this year. I'm not. I'm not really sure. I, I didn't. How should that problem be attacked? Because it's um, just as important. Well, the way we did it again with this ordinance was working with the shed aquarium, the people who really see friends of the river, uh, Great Lakes Alliance, the people who are out there and looking at our water sources, our clean drinking water sources, and saying, people, these things are polluting all these waterways. They're being broken down into smaller and smaller particles like we were tackling here. Um, although water bottles, I think they last a lot longer than some of the other yeah, products it's, it's out there. Yeah, it's worth. I think they're working on different legislation, and they're working with the state legislators to really tackle this from a more uh, comprehensive approach. So... You know, we talked uh, we talked briefly about the rollback to the Clean Water Act that uh, President Trump is doing right now and his EPA. And we already saw rollbacks to both staffing, funding um, of every aspect of the EPA. So just here in Chicago alone, I mean, you can throw out a whole bunch of other issues of pollution controls, who inspects uh, metal plants, who's inspecting the the dumping of products into our rivers. The EPA is not really able to do that anymore because they've completely, um, they've been completely cut back and, and undermined by the president. So the IEPA, the Illinois EPA had to pick up a lot of that effort, but under Rauner, Governor Rauner, they cut that as well. So now you have Governor Pritzker, state reps, um, and other people that have to try to come back with more funding for IEPA to, to look and say, you know, where Trump's not doing the job or where he's denying that there's any issue with climate change, we have to pick up the ball here. And then that kind of filters down through each legislative body. You mentioned that Chicago is only recycling like 9%, mm. which is just ridiculous. It's the worst in the nation. <laughs> for a long time, yeah. And, and for a long time. And that's part of this too. What should the mayor do about that should is it time to go to a volume-based system of garbage collection fees? Uh, how much you throw in your garbage can? Yeah, yeah, I, we've talked about that. Um, in fact, I think there's been resolutions looking at that uh, in the past. Um, what should she do about that problem? Is it time to penalize people that way? Well, because I mean, if you're attacking this problem and you don't attack that problem then you're missing the and we're, boat. And we're still filling up landfills right. with things that we should So what should she do? What do you suggest? Um, well, you know, a lot of us asked for the Department of Environment to be recreated. Uh, Rahm Emanuel. Okay, we have we have that. It's an office. It's yeah, not a department. It's, exactly. It's, it, um, it, it falls short of what she promised, but yes, go ahead. So I think what, and it's my understanding just yesterday, I heard that she dismissed or maybe the person left, uh, Chris Sauvé, who was one of the recycling, the head of the recycling department. 
I still really have to check. why I'm because not sure I have to check on that because I I heard it last night and I just want to make sure I heard the right thing but um Chicago's been at nine percent maybe ten if we're lucky for far too long and some of that has to do with the policies that are in place with the companies that are operating in ways that they shouldn't be. You know, you have companies that are picking up the stuff, but we pay them for tonnage and we also pay them for the landfill fees. Right. They get it on both ends. Yeah. And so we've been spending hundreds of millions of dollars, um, you know, just right out the door without really seeing any improvement. So what should she do? These contracts are up. Yeah. We've heard this for months. What should she do? And is it time to start volume based? Well, number one, you have to get a person in there who you give authority to. You don't undermine their authority to go after these contracts. And the Chicago Recycling Coalition, all the groups that we're working with for years have been saying uh, the people that you have in place here and the mayor that's been in place have not wanted to upset those companies that do the recycling. So number one, you have to give them the authority and the power to go in there and change these contracts. That's number one. Um, Number two, there has to be a concerted effort of education around conservation and environmental issues throughout the city. So you're talking about uh, pay as you go was the name that we used, the The volume volume in your garbage cans. That's right. But people, you know, people were concerned, oh, somebody's going to fill up my garbage can with, you know, my next door neighbors that dumps and things like that. But what we need is a more effective streets and sand force that is educated on these issues, too, that says, all right, we're going to really have better supervision at that level. We're not going to create jobs just to create jobs. We're going to train our uh, supervisors, our ward superintendents on how to make sure that if we do move to pay to go or the volume based, that there's a fairness there and that maybe you cap off. Um, a certain weight and you, you don't charge somebody over a certain weight if, if there's a dispute as to who's throwing that stuff in there. Other cities have done this. I don't, I don't know why Chicago can't do it. I think most of it is the lack of education, the lack of uh, internal concern that there are serious issues out there. And the, and the third part about this is you have to educate people that the bottom line for the city could be reduced if we start recycling more versus throwing more stuff in the landfill. So our budget shouldn't be, you know, tens of millions for filling up landfills. It should be a lot less. So what are you suggesting that the city switch to volume based and take these contracts in house? What, what are you suggesting? Yeah, we, we brought up the issue of, uh, with the commissioner about bringing them back in house and, and trying to recycle better that way, or, or actually do garbage better with the workforce that we have, uh, under Emmanuel, they did not want to do that because they felt it would be more costly to revert back to that. The problem is it's just as much a cost right now because they haven't changed, uh, anything in, in terms of enforcement, in terms of policies, in terms of education. So we're spending just as much with an outside aid company as we are with uh, what we had before, which is internal. So the mayor needs to, again, get the right people in place. She needs to commit to studying the pay-as-you-go and looking for ways to educate people throughout the city. And I know we have, you know, we have millions of, seems like millions of trash cans out there between re- the blue and the black but we don't do a good job of educating. We brought this up to the commission of the last couple of years. We should be spending uh, a couple million dollars more per year on getting the information into people's homes 
not just slapping a sticker on a trash can and hoping that they read the trash can. So you're suggesting cancel the contracts, take it back in-house, buy whatever trucks you need, and do it in-house with our own and hire whoever you have to hire and then switch to a volume-based fee. Well, I think you... She has to take a few weeks to study it um, to make sure that if we, if a pay to go is the right way, then then we should do it. I'm not saying that we should automatically, but the problem is no one's ever broken up these contracts for years and looked at them and said, "Are you really doing what we asked you to do?" And we know they're not. So Get rid why of don't them. we hold waste management's feet to the fire and say, "You guys are doing this stuff the right way in, in so many other cities, but Chicago, you're just kind of." lackadaisical about it and so you're saying get rid of them get rid of these if two they don't, companies if if they don't because their contracts are up they, they've been up yeah the contracts have been, been expired up for, for a while a couple so, years yeah so and what rom did was he extended the contract here's another year for you guys here's another year and in that time frame we met with the commissioner we met with the mayor's staff and said look the contracts are up Let's do something different. Hold their feet to the fire. What is wrong with you guys? So I'm not the clear whole, on what you're saying Lightfoot should do. Cancel? Uh, I think, I, well, the contracts are, they've been extended for a year. So when, when they come up again, uh, and I think in between when you're extending Isn't it Isn't like it month this, to month? It's, yeah, so basically. Okay, so she could cancel it tomorrow. You could, you could cancel it tomorrow. Should she? I think, should she? No, I don't think tomorrow, but I think she can take a month or two and put a task force together that says, how are all, why is it that all these other cities are doing it the right way? Can somebody just call them up and say, you know, we've already done that. Several aldermen and I have done that. The groups that I work with, like uh, Sierra and EI, uh, Illinois Environmental Council, we've done all that work. Chicago Recycling Coalition has provided white papers to the mayor's office to say, here's how you could do it better. And we would save a lot more of taxpayers' dollars if we did that, but... The mayor, ha- it has to come from the top and you have to pick the person that's going to say, I don't care what you guys think. Um, we're going to have more oversight over these contracts. We're going to enforce the recycling rules. If you go up, here's a, you know, if you go up to uh, uh, a few months ago, I was up at the Medill transfer station and I, from the, from the road up on Ashland, I could see the piles and piles of recycling material that was slowly uh, degrading to a point where it might not be recyclable because they were letting it sit there for months or, you know, uh, definitely several weeks and losing the ability to recycle that stuff and then end up going to the landfill. So we're not doing a good job of training our people who have supervision over these recycling companies to say, um, are you sticking to, you know, not just saying, Hey, look how many tons we recycled, but how are you doing it? Break it down in a way that other cities are. And part of it is the enforcement, but part of it is educating people who either move to Chicago or don't have the experience of recycling and constantly, whether it's, uh, you know, into the home or educating our children, you know, CPS actually has a program. I think they recycle at 30 to 40% and they use Lakeshore and they do a lot of education through CPS. There's programs like that, that our kids are doing a way better job than we are. And if the kids can figure it out, I can't believe streets and sand can't figure it out or waste management. All right. Thank you very much for talking to us about this very pressing issue and I don't know exactly what the answers are to all of it but well I don't either but I think the the key is we've got to think about our kids 
you know, I think about my kids and drinking water and I, I brought, I'm sorry, I brought it up about living in other countries and seeing where there is no clean water and working on those issues um, to bring uh, potable, potable, clean water to these, to these kids and these families. And to me, it was ingrained in me when I was in the Peace Corps that um, those issues exist just as much in Africa in some places in Asia as they do in our own backyard. And whether it's in, you know, the, the mountains of Appalachia or the Rocky Mountains or Nebraska or here in Chicago in the Midwest, we have the best drinking water. But if we don't adhere to some of the experts and, and, the, and the studies that are already out there and we lose our ability to have clean drinking water because we have small plastic, too much small plastics and our fish are going bad and where the aquifers are, are being degraded, then we're in big trouble and it's going to come more quickly than we can imagine. And it's going to be on our kids and our grandkids, not us, you know, we'll be out the door, but, um, in the ground. we have to fight for them today because if we don't, I don't see a lot of these other people doing it. And so the pushback by the lobbyists and these other companies, um, they just want to do business as usual and the world and us here in Chicago, we can no longer afford that. Alderman Scott Wagusback, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Fran. And we'll see you all next week.